0: happy last day of a month of april to you this is the show that's all about dixie this is y'all talk with a southern accent and you have tuned in the tuesday edition yet yeah, the last day of april we will have a whole new month when you wake up tomorrow it'll be may first May Day, May Day. hey speaking of what's coming up on y'all in the month of may which will be here within 24 hours by the way on the wednesday y'all we'll have our acc spotlight with jonathan lifeight we'll get the latest from nashville with precious harris the nashville music line will be on we'll have hashtag hullabaloo on wednesdays y'all that's wednesday when we get to thursday boy do we have some good stuff we've got Well, pack your bags and head to Memphis or pack your bags and head to Louisville because both of those river cities have really neat things going on starting this weekend. In Memphis, it's Memphis in May going on throughout the month. And Robert Griffin, he's a vice president with Memphis in May. He's going to be our special guest in our Festive South feature on Thursday. You don't want to miss it. Plenty of incredible music guests coming to Memphis. They've got the barbecue event going on there and Robert Griffin's going to tell us what all's going on in the Bluff City. It's Memphis in May, one of the biggest events in the South, and we've got your complete preview coming up on Thursday, plus an hour two of Thursday. Clark Shelton, he normally is the editor at you com, but Clark is a little bit of an insider in the sport of horse racing. And this weekend at Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky, It's the running of the Kentucky Derby. Plus, I've got actually some info to tell you about that next hour shoot. You don't have to wait till Thursday when we have our sports lanyup at the start of next hour. We'll tell you about that. But yeah, Clark Shelton will be on Thursday, y'all, with his insider's knowledge of this year's running of the Kentucky Derby, which is on Saturday from Churchill Downs. And I'll try to get Clark to tell you a little bit more than about the horses. I want to know what people are wearing and how fancy the hats are this year so that's that's all coming up on thursday plus we'll have our sec spotlight come thursday and then we'll have more good stuff on friday as we always do hey and on today's y'all show here in the headlines in just a few minutes we're going to tell you about blake shelton news we've got information on a shark bite in florida (laughs) yeah it's shark time in florida evidently good news here i think we can safely say whoever got bit it wasn't too bad of an injury and we also have some kid rock news and it has to do with a middle finger so you don't want to miss some of those headlines coming up in just a minute here on y'all if you want to reach us here on the y'all program you can call us anytime our number is 803-816-1170 that's a text and phone in number 803-816-1170 also you can find us on the web at y'all.com If you want to specifically find info on the Y'all Show, go to the Y'all Show tab at y'all.com and look it up and see all the good stuff there. Plus, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Y'all Show. Plus, we're on the apps iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Radio, and the iTunes podcast app. So, so many ways for you to... Be a part of the Y'all Nation and join the fun. Now, what else is on today's show? In addition to Sports Lanyap in Hour 2, also in Hour 2, we're going to have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue dropping by, Matt Herman's, and he's going to be talking about Brian. What the heck is Brian? No, it's not one of your friends named B-R-I-N. It's B-R-I-N-E. And what exactly is that in terms of barbecuing? Well, the barrister is going to be on to tell us about that. Plus... We just ended Passover for our Jewish friends that just ended over the weekend. And as we know from our headlines, sadly, there was a shooting at a synagogue in California over the weekend, which was terrible. And so we want to certainly keep that in our thoughts and prayers to the family of that victim there in California. But we have a, a significant Jewish population here in Dixie. And to celebrate Jewish food, the barrister is going to kind of put a Jewish spin on his report today. And we'll learn about kosher barbecue. And believe it or not, Memphis has a Jewish barbecue festival coming up in a few months. And we'll talk about that with a barrister on today's barrister report. Plus, later this hour, hey, what a great guest we've got coming on. Amanda Walker, she is a columnist with the incredible website ahel.com. She's also got columns in newspapers across Alabama. And Amanda is going to come on and talk about some of her recent columns, including one that's about the difference between being a Southerner and being from the country. So if you've always wanted to know if or maybe there is not a difference between being Southern and being country, well, Amanda Walker will help answer that question later this hour. So what an amazing y'all show you have tuned in today, my friends, we're We're glad that you could join us. Now, let's dive into the headlines, and what a strange headline we have coming from South Florida, and a van has crashed into Cory Booker's campaign event in Florida. This happened, oh, I think it was two days ago. This happened in Miami Gardens, just north of Miami, and luckily, I don't think anybody was hurt, but Cory Booker, who's running for president, he says that he's been a former mayor. And he says that he's dealt with a lot of crises. The key is to remain calm and see what you can do to help other people. He was able to carry on with his speech and was unfazed by a crash again of a van going into his campaign event there in Miami Gardens, Florida. The event was briefly interrupted when it came crashing through a cafe where Cory Booker was speaking. Oh, my goodness! <laughs> What a what a luckily I don't think anybody was hurt. That's the great news. But uh, what a what a strange headline to start our headlines today. Now, in Savannah, Georgia, a historic marker honoring a woman who helped maintain peace and fair trade between the Creek Indian nation and what was then the new colony of Georgia is going up. And it's going up for Mary Musgrove, who was an interpreter for General James Oglethorpe of Georgia. And that was between 1733 and 1743, long before Georgia became a state, long before this little land we know called America came to be. Musgrove's mother was Creek and her father was English. And she established a trading post after marrying John Musgrove in 1717 and a marker to Mary Musgrove was was unveiled at Savannah's Lafayette Square, Lafayette Square, or Lafayette Square, depending on where you you live in the South. Uh, That was dedicated on Friday. So you have a, a new marker there in the historic area of Savannah, Georgia, honoring Mary Musgrove. Now, here's a historic story that has to do with Mary, but this time it's got to do with Mary that was once a queen of England. The College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, has plans to erect a memorial to people who were enslaved at this school. And if you know anything about William & Mary, it's, I think, the second oldest college in all of the United States. Only Harvard is older than William & Mary. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. And school officials have launched an international design contest, and this received about 70 or close to 80 submissions, and they have announced Friday... The Winning Design, and it's the latest effort by the university to research and publicize the role slavery had played at William & Mary, which, again, got its start, I think, well before the Revolutionary War. The winning entry is going to be called Hearth. It was designed by a 2011 William & Mary graduate, William Sindor, who now works at an architecture firm in North Carolina. He said he was struck by the role of fire in the enslaved community, at William & Mary, which is a lovely campus. I've had a chance to visit there, east of Richmond, in Williamsburg, of course, a historic place anyway, besides William & Mary, which is a public school. And William & Mary, just like virtually every college in the South, and at this time, even in the North, slavery was certainly alive and well when it was founded way back. And again, at one time, in case you don't know this, at one time, every colony had slavery in this United States from Massachusetts to Connecticut to New York all the way down to Georgia. Now, this was well before Florida, Tennessee, and other southern states became a part of this country, but don't forget that slavery was in every colony of this country and then every state until most of the northern states outlawed it roughly around 1800. You can go check me if you want to. But William & Mary, going to get a new slavery memorial there on campus. Now, at another spot in Virginia, in another college town in Virginia, in fact, the flagship college town in Virginia, Charlottesville, what a victory for lovers of Civil War history, especially those who like Confederate history like, like myself. After years of legal battles over the Confederate statues in Charlottesville, of course, this helped lead to the rally in 2017 of the Unite the Right rally, which was a terrible thing, but one of their justifications of having that rally was to protect the Robert E. Lee Monument there in Charlottesville, Virginia. Well, on Monday, Charlottesville Circuit Judge Richard Moore ruled that the statues of Generals Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson there in Charlottesville are war monuments, meaning that they're protected by Virginia state law and it prevents them from being removed by the city, which initially voted to remove the statues in 2017, which, again, helped start that Unite the Right rally in August of 2017, which ended up being a a terrible thing that happened there. Now, this is a little bit different. We've seen so many places where these statues are like enemy number one. According to this one judge in Charlottesville, he calls them war monuments. And the justification for that is both statues in Virginia, at, in Charlottesville specifically, both General Lee and General Jackson are in their military uniform. So it's really <laughs> kind of hard to, to to say that they're not military statues if that's part of the state law, their uh, protection of the state law. So you just might have General Robert E. Lee and General Stonewall Jackson to kick around if you live in Charlottesville, Virginia, for a while a man who allegedly married four women has pleaded guilty to bigamy here's your bigamy report for the day and this was a darn yankee and the reason this is news about 43 year old michael milton well he married a couple of our southern ladies and i bet they didn't know about each other he married a woman in both georgia and alabama in addition to his native new hampshire he married these Four women between the years 2006 and 2013, and now he's been charged with bigamy in New Hampshire. Court documents there say he's also married a fourth woman. Uh, I I think he's been married four times now. The last one was from Kentucky. So he got a, a Georgian, an Alabaman, Alabamian, a Kentuckian, and a New Hampshire. Three Southerners and a Yankee. And he still can't find happiness. He's had to be married... Four times, and he was given a 12-month suspended sentence for bigamy. You'd think having four wives, wouldn't that kind of be a sentence of its own? <laughs> I would think so, but Michael Milton, you, 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 stop stealing our women, especially if you're already married. Go back to New Hampshire. all right now let me tell you about some sad stories from some of our bigger southern cities when it comes to needless killings i'm tired of reading these headlines and i know in the south we we think of chicago as a war zone well we've got a cut we certainly have skirmishes if not war zones right here in this part of the world charlotte north carolina over the weekend police there say three people two of them women were shot to death and that two other people were wounded over the weekend Five people shot at three different locations on Sunday alone. That was in Charlotte. Again, three killed in the Queen City over the weekend. That's bad. Now, what about Jackson, Mississippi? In Jackson, the state capital of the Magnolia State, over the weekend, they had eight shootings, which left two people dead. A 33-year-old Charles Watson killed in a Saturday night shooting. Also, a 22-year-old found shot Sunday afternoon. That in Jackson, Mississippi. And I know I could echo this at communities across the South. But there you have it. That was five total dead. And I know we kind of think about Chicago. I told you on Monday's y'all show, and we know about the mass killing north of Nashville. Seven people killed. But also in Nashville, as I reported on Monday, I think there were seven people shot. I don't think they died. I don't know how serious their wounds were, but seven people shot at some kind of party in Nashville over the weekend. And I'm no hater of the second amendment, but good golly. I I, I don't know what's wrong with people to just shoot up a place and shoot. In the case of that mass killing in Sumner County, Tennessee, the guy killed loved ones, including his parents. Uh, Let's let's, I guess the only thing we can do in this case is pray and hope that perhaps we can get away from this kind of stupidity and needless violence. That's, that's my battle cry for today. All right, here's a story about stupidity coming from a member of law enforcement. We go to Charleston, Missouri, in the boot hill, and the former sheriff of Mississippi County, Missouri, was sentenced in St. Louis on Monday. Corey Hutchison was sentenced to six months in federal prison four months of home confinement and three years of supervised release. All charges will run concurrent. And all of this happens because in 2018, he pleaded guilty to wire fraud and illegally possessing and transferring the means of identification of others. In this case, mobile mobile telephone numbers without lawful authority and in connection with the commission of felony forgery. So He's been sentenced to jail. Corey Hutchison from Charleston, Missouri, the mayor, rather the sheriff of Mississippi County, right there in the boot hill of Missouri. See, guy in law enforcement all know better and going to jail now for wire fraud and illegally possessing and transferring the means of identification of others. Bad fella, bad fella. All right. How about a kind of an intriguing story coming from Lee County, Mississippi? tupelo is where we go and over the weekend at the tupelo automobile museum they had a little car auction well this wasn't your typical car that was up for bid and this auction was for a kind of car i'd never heard of it's called tucker and tucker number 1028 was purchased over the weekend in tupelo forget this 1.8 million dollars the winning bid went to Tim Stintford, general manager of Motorland in Arundel, Maine. And that's a classic car showroom and service center. And I mean, that's almost $2 million for a car. And the Tucker will be the showcase of that museum. It had been in Tupelo and now it's heading to Maine bidding for this car started at $700,000, went to a million quickly and then ultimately sold a tucker and again i i never heard about it the tucker goes back a long time ago when when it was made and i'm not a car person so forgive me for not knowing all of this info but the tucker wasn't the only vehicle commanding a high price at this auction here's another one i had not heard of the 1974, around, well, going back a few more decades before that, the 1934 Duesenberg Model J Prince of Wales Burline sold for four hundred and five thousand, and they also sold a 1930 Hispano Suiza H6B Coupe chauffeur that went for three hundred thousand dollars. All right, there in Tupelo, Mississippi. Who knew that Tupelo had more than Elvis? going on there in fact i actually know the owner of this car museum jane spain her late husband frank spain who really got a lot of money from owning the nbc affiliate wtva and he died several years ago and jane his widow has carried this museum on but i don't know where this money goes but what an incredible sale there of cars totaling what is that over two and a half million dollars in car sales i'd like to get a commission on that one I bet y'all would, too. Hey, here's a story about the most diverse cities in all the land. And this comes out from WalletHub. Our friends at WalletHub, they love to come up with these surveys. To determine the places in the U.S. with the most mixed demographics, WalletHub compared the profiles of more than 500 of the largest cities across five major diversity categories, socioeconomic, cultural, economic, household, and religious. And I'm telling you this because a couple of Southern towns made it into the list of most diverse cities in America. In fact, number one town in America for most diversity, it's Houston, Texas. Houston comes in at number one. Jersey City is number two. New York Number three, a town in the south, Gaithersburg, Maryland, right outside of D.C., it comes in at number four. Dallas, Texas, Big D, is the fifth most diverse city in America. Another D.C. suburb, Silver Spring, Maryland, and Germantown, Maryland, come in respectively at six and seven. I got the feeling Washington, D.C., must be one heck of an area for diversity. (laughs) Number eight on the list is Los Angeles. Number nine, Arlington, Texas, and the tenth most diverse city in the country is Long Beach, California, So if you're not on that list, that must mean you must not be very diverse in your particular town. But yeah, we certainly have some of those big towns in the South that are quite diverse, starting with the number one town in all the country, Houston, Texas. Well, stay tuned. We've got a diverse lineup of stories coming your way after the break. Stick around. We'll tell you about Kid Rock. He's put up a new sculpture in Nashville, and you are not going to believe it. Plus, we'll tell you right after the break about a Florida man bitten by a shark in New Smyrna Beach. That is up next. Stay with us.
2: Mother's Day is next Sunday, and ProFlowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. With fresh flowers, express delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com secret
3: code 6262. And now a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Uh, Hold on. Let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com.
0: we're back it is y'all and this is a show that's all about the south i'm john rawl good to have you back here as we continue with our headlines on this tuesday new smyrna beach florida a 19 year old sanford florida man was waiting in waist deep water sunday evening and around 7 30 at night a shark came and bit the man on the calf the injury required stitches but officials said the man was able to drive himself to hospital that's a brave man but Shark bite there in New Smyrna Beach. And I've been told in that area all the way up to Jacksonville, it's it's pretty shark sharky, if you know what I mean. Especially Daytona Beach, I was told specifically had problems with sharks. Also in Florida, a 100-year-old man there died, and two people were seriously injured Sunday in a multi-vehicle crash after drivers stopped for a family of sandhill cranes crossing a road. Florida Highway Patrol said that two drivers were going west there in Florida, and they were not far from the Brevard, Florida Zoo, and they stopped in the left lane to let a family of these cranes cross the road, and that's when a Chrysler van traveling westbound swerved around the stopped vehicles before noticing the cranes, and then as he swerved back, he hit the two-stop cars, and one of the persons injured was this 100-year-old man, as he was the passenger in the seat of one of the cars, and he went to the local hospital there and died from his injuries. That there in the Sanford, Florida, or rather Brevard, Florida headline there, all that tragic death of that 100-year-old. In Johnson City, Tennessee, a Tennessee teen has fulfilled the dream of graduating from high school, but unfortunately, this teen, 19-year-old Dakota Johnson, died. Just after this died two days after graduating from high school and Dakota had attended home school since seventh grade because he had a severe form of muscular dystrophy. And he told his teacher he wanted to participate in high school graduation ceremonies, fell ill and was not able to go. So the teacher quickly organized a graduation in Dakota Johnson's hospital room and he got that diploma had his pictures taken with his family, and then died two days later there in Johnson City in East Tennessee. Sad story there. Hey, we've been telling you about kangaroos in the South lately, and hey, here comes a story we just got to share with you. Jacksonville, Arkansas, a baby kangaroo has died after escaping from a truck while visiting a central Arkansas military base for a family event, and this happened in Cockrell County. The Cockrell County Critters Mobile Petting Zoo and Pony Rides said on social media this week that volunteers had searched for Hoppy since he escaped his pouch and jumped from the truck's window Saturday morning at Little Rock Air Force Base in Jacksonville, which is just north of Little Rock. And the petting zoo said the base found the kangaroo Monday morning, but he had died. Not sure what happened there, but uh, Hoppy, after escaping from the petting zoo, just couldn't make it here in the country, mate. All right, let's go to Key West, Florida. A Maryland man sentenced after being caught on camera tackling one of Key West's Pelican. What an idiot. William Hunter Herdesty, age 31, was found guilty on four misdemeanors. The report there from Key West said the offending video is still on a Facebook page and he will have his time reduced by 40 days for time served. He was seen on this video jumping onto a Pelican in Key West, Earlier this year, and was now sentenced to 90 days in jail and a thousand dollar fine. Troopers were told the individual was bragging to them about being wanted for feeding and tackling a pelican in the Florida Keys. See, here's another example people doing dumb things on video, and it comes back to bite them in the tookus. Now, we have video this time coming from a Burger King at a drive through in BB, Arkansas hometown of clark sheldon a man was driving his pickup truck through a central arkansas burger king drive through and suffered severe burns after the vehicle exploded at the drive-in window at burger king and the man told a local tv station in the little rock area that he just picked up a propane tank and decided to stop for a couple of burgers over the weekend we he heard a hissing sound and he realized the tank was leaking so he went to turn the tank's valve off and said the minute he stuck his hand and touched it, it burst into flames. Now, that's what we call flame broiled at the drive through there in Little Rock. Luckily, Ron Daniel said he walked a few feet away to wait for emergency services. And the truck exploded. So he was not right there when it happened. He luckily heard that. Good thing there at BB at the Burger King there. The BK didn't have too much noise going on. He could hear that hissing of that. Ooh, man, that would be scary, scary. Tishomingo, Oklahoma, that is Blake Shelton Country, and Blake is going to open up a restaurant and bar in this southern Oklahoma town, and he's going to have a star-studded benefit to go along with the opening. The Doghouse at Old Red Tishomingo will open over Memorial Day weekend, and it's going to have performances by Blake Shelton, who is from right there, and he's going to bring in a few of his buddies, including luke bryan tickets will benefit the oklahoma wildlife conservation foundation so go to there to tishomingo oklahoma and check it out old red which also has a venue in nashville and one that just opened a few months ago in gatlinburg tennessee that is one heck of a place now kid rock tried to have something in nashville and i know he got banned from the nashville christmas parade back in december kid rock has gifted a middle finger sculpture for his property in Nashville. A man in Vermont had a middle finger statue installed in his front yard over some kind of problem he was having up in Vermont. Kid Rock heard about it, had the sculpture create his own seven-foot-tall sculpture of a raised middle finger. And this is carved from a 700-pound block of pine and perched atop a 16 foot pole it's even lit up at night and it's coming to his place in nashville lord help kid rock's neighbors (laughs) oh my goodness and the sculptor and his wife are en route to nashville right now to deliver this middle finger statue to kid rock i think i just got to see that one and our last story of the day comes from the crescent city during mardi gras 2018 a young man in new orleans sam butler was shot while attending mardi gras a place you don't go to get injured you go there for fun and this youngster 18 years old was shot in the head while at this parade last year and throughout his recovery a reporter with television station wdsu juliana maza has kind of kept up with his progress going to his rehab and such along the way and just this past weekend sam butler who's continuing to make progress in his recovery he asked reporter juliana maza to be his prom date and she went and there's some photos out there and he's still in a wheelchair he may be in a wheelchair his whole life but sure enough she said on twitter so happy that sam butler asked me to be his prom date sam was shot on mardi gras 2018 and he continues to defy the odds It's been a privilege covering his journey. Check out this clip to learn more about Sam and the night of both of our lives. And she's got this on her Twitter account, which is at Julianna WDSU. Good job there, Juliana, Just helping that youngster out as he's had a a tough go of it this last year and a half with his recovery after being shot at Mardi Gras. When we come back on y'all, we're going to switch over to talk about kind of a cultural thing. Amanda Walker is a columnist with the website AL.com, which covers all things Alabama. And she wrote an article that caught my eye recently titled, The Difference Between Southerners and Being Country. What is that difference? And she also has penned a few other things of note that we'll talk about. And she's going to join us from the heart of Dixie after this break. Stay tuned.
3: Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking Oh, great. Another wireless ad. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 a month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. iPhone XR, 64 gigabyte, $15 a month after sixteen twenty five a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic. After six thirty twenty. 20 pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. d d prioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee, and restrictions apply. you
0: The Tuesday Y'all Show continuing on. This is the program that's all about the South. We cover 16 states, and in addition to what's going on in sports and politics and news, we also, from time to time, like to just find out the culture of this region. And, man, there is a columnist with AL.com that does an amazing job with all kinds of cool content. Amanda Walker is her name, and she's joining us right now from the heart of Dixie. Hello, Amanda. Welcome to y'all. Thank you. And we are so excited to have you, Amanda, because you have written some darn good stuff. Before we go diving headfirst into some of your past work, tell us a little bit about that accent you got, and it sounds like you must be authentic.
4: Oh, I am. I'm about 10th generation Alabamian, so it is an authentic
0: accent. All right. What part of Alabama (laughs) are you from?
4: I'm from uh well I was born and raised in Clark County. Okay. But uh, I live in next door in Wilcox County now. I've been here for about twenty five years.
0: All right, and for the non Alabamians listening, where the heck is that?
4: Oh, it's in the southwest part of the state. Okay. We're we're about um eighty miles south of Montgomery.
0: Okay. Between Montgomery and Mobile, but are you more yes. You said more toward the Mississippi line than the Georgia line? yes all right uh probably some b- good agriculture in that part of alabama oh yes this is the heart of the black belt ah okay well Amanda, we are talking to you today because you've penned some really good stuff at al.com and you also write for other newspapers in the state of alabama including the thomasville times the west alabama watchman and the alabama gazette in addition to the selma times journal don't want to leave that one out but one article caught my eye recently. It said and I'm I, I'm afraid I might be guilty of this one. You wrote an article titled "There is a difference between being southern and being country." Now, do explain. <laughs> well,
4: there is, and I, I wrote that. That was just very lighthearted, and, and it is sometimes you'll see um, articles about things that are southern that people who are country may not relate to. But there's also things about being country that people who may claim to be southern might not relate to either. And if you if you grew up and you got dressed up on a Saturday morning to go shopping in downtown Mobile, you're southern but you're not very country.
0: Uh-huh. Well you put a term in here that kinda explains a lot of it and I'm I must be country because where I grew up there wasn't anything called a homeowners association. <laughs>
4: me either me either
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i I still don't know i still don't know what a cul-de-sac is do you
4: (laughs) well only because my mother moved to a neighborhood where there is one but other than that growing up i certainly didn't
0: know no we had dirt roads and paved roads and that was the only definition of what uh where i live but you have a very fun article here so Explain what the, I guess, some of the biggest differences between Southern and country in your opinion is, Amanda.
4: Wow. I think it has a lot to do with your upbringing mm-hmm. and maybe even a little bit to do with your ancestry. Oh, okay. It's, it's really just the culture, I think. Um, the way your parents raised you, if, if, if your daddy made a living working with their hands, you're likely to be a little bit more country.
0: Yeah. Well, here's a paragraph from from your article I wanted to to share with folks. Just one example of some of the writing you had. You said, quote, if your daddy did not work using his hands or think it was important for you to know how to shoot a shotgun and drive a stick shift, then you likely lean more towards southern than you do country. Just like if you have never taken a warm egg from a nest or bottle fed an orphaned calf, then you probably aren't too country. Uh Uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh! I've never bottle-fed an orphan calf, so take take my country citizenship away. Oh, okay. Well, as I've said here to our listeners before, I grew up on a collard green farm. That's pretty darn country.
4: Yes. Yes. But,
0: But we didn't have livestock, so I didn't orphan. I didn't help out an orphan calf or taking eggs, warm eggs away, but. I guess maybe I, I got a bad deal Growing up I should have been more well, can, you, can
4: you drive a stick
0: shift Oh yeah I, that was okay. the first I drove I'm, I, I don't want to date myself here But I don't think stick shifts were all that I mean I don't think automatic transmissions were all that Common when I was a youngster uh, <laughs> I, I grew up I, Actually the first stick shift I drove Was up on the column It was an old Chevy pickup truck my dad had And I learned how to drive that thing up You know at the steering wheel If people know what I'm talking yes. about there so yeah, that's that's pretty country right there. And one thing I caught my eye: you talk about whether your grandmother baked a casserole and a pound cake every time a baby was born or a member of the church had a surgery. That is that more of a southern thing or a country thing?
4: That may be both.
0: Ah, okay.
4: The only difference there
0: might be what kind of casserole. Ah, okay. What what is the best, uh, I guess, give me an example of good southern casserole versus a good country casserole. Oh, wow. Well,
4: something southern might have artichoke in it. Ah. something country is not going
0: to have that in it. They're going to have a potato in it. Ah. <laughs> there we have it. Amanda Walker. She's letting us know it all right here on this great article. Okay, you can find this article and get a good laugh like we're doing here today on Y'all. It's called There's a Difference Between Being Southern and Being Country. It's at AL.com. Now, Amanda, this isn't the only thing recently that you penned that caught my eye. You also have an article up about the lottery in Alabama. Is Alabama ever going to have a lottery now that Mississippi's joined the lottery parade? I'm losing hope. I was more hopeful last week about the lottery
4: passing than I am this week. That's because last week, uh, before it passed the Senate to go to the House, the, um, the education portion, the proceeds that would go toward education, was uh, omitted. It was tweaked to remove that uh, language, and all of it will go to the general fund. And I'm afraid that will, um, of course, it's just my opinion, but I'm afraid that will give more argument in the in the House that will slow it down, or if they have to reword it, send it back to the Senate, it'll slow it down. But But I'm hopeful. I think we need it. Yeah. It needs to be managed well, but... But I think we, the state could benefit from
0: it. Well, in case you aren't familiar, I think Alabama is the last state in the South and maybe the whole country that does not have some kind of lottery. Am I right on that, Amanda?
4: There are 45 other states, yes. I think you are right.
0: Okay. And and now that Mississippi passed a lottery in 2018, I think just about every state that touches Alabama for sure has some kind of lottery and, yeah. and, and Alabamians want to get more money. And I'm assuming the main reason to not vote for the lottery in the legislature is, go ahead, tell me.
4: Uh, well, um, you will get a lot of um, a moral pushback. Okay. Uh, there will be a lot of that. And I think 20 years ago when we last had the chance to vote on it, that was probably, that moral opposition was probably kept it from passing the last time. Okay. But I don't think that will be the case this time.
0: So Alabama. Um, I mean, we,
4: did, we did have some senators quoting scripture on the Senate floor last really? week, and that does work in the state of Alabama. Ah. But it may not may not this time because Alabama just needs money so bad.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to tell me y'all uh, got more heathens in Alabama than you did 20 years ago.
4: We've got a few. <laughs> <laughs> and the Alabama legislature is very concerned about what the Porch Creek Indians think ah, concerning yeah. the lottery because of course they have their 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 empire that they want to protect.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And I, I didn't know until recently you're gonna to have to help me with the pronunciation of this. The Porch Creek Indians they have a couple of properties in Alabama But not all are casinos. They have the place, what is it, east of Montgomery? Did they have a big casino?
4: They have three casinos. One's in Montgomery, one's in Wetumpka, and one is in Atmore.
0: Okay. All right. So those are three places. And then they have another place down around Gulf Shores that's not a casino. It's like a water park or something.
4: That's right. That's right. Their operation spans far beyond their three casinos.
0: Okay. What 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 is the you said the Porch Creek Indians? Which honestly, I lived in Alabama. I'd never heard of them until about ten years ago.
4: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Was I just not paying attention or what?
4: <laughs> well, I think they've been for a while, and they had to earn their name, their okay. their right to to be a be a tribe. But once they got that, and then they they began their casinos, they yeah. their name their name grew. And they do a lot of good for the state. I mean, I I am a fan. I have a player's card. Ah! I just don't understand why we can't have both why we can't have the casinos and why we
0: can't have a lottery well they're about to do that in mississippi so no no reason the twin state of alabama can't do the same thing you have a column up called an alabama lottery would not target the poor but fear mongers do that's up right now and amanda before we leave you i want to ask about the most recent thing that i'm finding at al.com who's feeding the fish in wilcox county what in the world is that about (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, the University of Alabama has uh, recently received a grant to continue studying an issue we have uh that is here in the Black Belt, it's not just in Wilcox County, but part of the study encompasses Wilcox County, and they found that um they say they are conservatively estimating that because of straight piping, people who are not putting in their septic tanks as they should, or not using them at all, they estimate that there is five hundred thousand gallons of raw sewage going into our streams and rivers on a daily basis, and that's, that's just uh, seemed alarming to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you introduced me to a new term, straight piping. You, you're not a stra- yes. you're not a straight piper, are you? Oh, oh no,
4: no, <laughs> no, not! And and they have found honestly that it is mobile homes. It seems to be a bit of a loophole because if you if you build a house in Wilcox County or I think anywhere else, um, you have a part of the building package includes that you have to have your your lane. you have to per test and you have to you know have your system signed off that you're either going to have a septic tank or you're going to connect to a to a system. Hmm. And uh, and with the mobile homes here, they don't require that. There's no check.
3: Yeah. And
4: people just will literally put a
0: pipe out back. And from your article, you write, quote, a septic tank averages around $3,000, and a mound system, which involves sand and gravel being hauled in and formed into a mound to house plastic chambers, that costs between $10,000? And twelve thousand dollars—that's a lot of money. And I guess I can see why some people are straight piping. Sure. That's a lot of dough. It well, is. Well, again, you can you can learn more about what's going on in Wilcox County and who's killing the fish and what's killing the fish there and other great stuff. Amanda, what is the best way besides al dot com for people to kind of keep up with your writing?
4: Um. Well, I'm on Facebook. Ah. Okay. So. But other than
0: that... Uh, I think your handle is Amanda columnist. if you want to find Amanda, because I, I bet you you're not the only Amanda Walker out there.
4: <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm really not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can check out her very fun and informative writing, and she, are you going to go fishing? Is that something you do there in Wilcox County? Oh, yeah. well, yes. Yeah. Um, we, in my own
4: personal life, we catfish farms for Oh gosh, ten or fifteen years. Hmm. And so I'm very I am about a mile from the river. My my backyard is a catfish pond. So yes, I'm very familiar
0: with fishing. Okay. Are you near the In
4: fact fish fish is a verb down here. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: <laughs> what river are you close to, the Tom Bigby? No, no, the Alabama. Oh, okay. Alabama. All right. Well that's got that's probably got some good fish fish in there. Yes. And probably yes,
4: some- we really do. We have a lot of tournaments here, a lot of people come yeah. here to fish, and the economy here is is dependent upon that,
0: yeah, probably got a few gators and snakes in there too.
4: yes, in fact, the world record gator was was from here
0: ooh the, how how the big
4: gator. I should know. I should more. I think it's about
0: thirteen feet, though. Ah, all right. Well, that's enough 16. to keep me away from where you are. I don't. <laughs> I treasure my life. I'm not ready to become a alligator snack. Amanda Walker, thank you for taking some time here to talk to us today on the Y'all Show. And again, you can find her as a columnist at AL dot com and other newspapers around the heart of Dixie. You have a great rest of your day.
4: Oh, thank you so much for the invitation.
0: It's been fun. All right. More of the Y'all Show will continue in hour two. We're going to talk to the Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, and we'll have a little sports info coming your way, too.
2: Mother's Day is next Sunday, and ProFlowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. With fresh flowers, express delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just 9 dollars more. Order now because Mother's Day is next summer. Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com, secret code 6262.
0: Marching ahead with another hour of the Y'all Show. This is Talk with a Southern Accent. And I hope I don't have to explain what we mean by that. Yeah, we we have that Southern dialect in our talk, y'all. But we also accentuate the South. This is what we do. We, We let you know each and every day what's going on right down here in the 16 Southern states. And if you're not fortunate enough to be in the South, maybe you're an expatriate living somewhere in exile, you can tune in wherever in the world you may be and find out what's going on here in Dixie. And if you're a wannabe Southerner, and you're not here then this is your show too thank you for listening i, I get kind of emotional <laughs> hosting this show i'm john rawl good to have you back here this is our sports Land Yap coming up in just a few minutes on y'all we'll have the barrister bodacious barbecue dropped by matt Herman's. we're going to talk about jewish barbecue yeah there's such a thing we're going to talk about brian all that with the barrister and he's a minch and that's coming up. And I try to be a Mitch as well. Shalom, y'all, I guess is what we we should follow that up with. All right, so that's ahead Here in our sports lanyard today, we've got a couple of things we're going to talk about. We'll give you an update on NASCAR, where NASCAR will be racing this weekend. We'll also have some good football talk. We'll have some college basketball talk. A little update on baseball, major league standings. Yeah, we, we got all that. But the cool thing today... As we're going to talk about a sport, I don't really often give you a whole lot of info because frankly, there's not too many Southern connections, but believe it or not, we've got some news on the tennis front and I'm going to tell you about how the top, who are the top male and top female tennis players in the world that are from the South. And I've got the answer. In fact, on one of them, we have breaking news off the court to tell you and it's kind of personal so cliffhanger stay tuned for a major announcement from the tennis world coming up in just a few minutes here on the y'all show as we perhaps break news your way on that sport all right looking back at what happened over the weekend in music city it was the 2019 nfl draft and pete prisco of cbs sports has put out an article kind of giving you a grade on all 32 teams and according to pete prisco The New England Patriots, your Super Bowl champs, earn best mark, and the Houston Texans, Texans, they they got the worst mark, according to Pete Prisco. So let me kind of zip through his alphabetical order listing of all 32 teams, because even if you're not a fan of these teams, you might want you've got connections to all of them. All right, so the team that had the number one draft pick, that would be the Arizona Cardinals selecting Oklahoma QB Kyler Murray. He gives them a grade of A. The South's own Atlanta Falcons, the Dirty Birds picked up a B. They were this guy said the best pick was first round guard Chris Lindstrom there. Baltimore, the Ravens got a B plus. Miles Boykin, third round receiver heading to Baltimore. The Buffalo Bills got a B grade. The Carolina Panthers a B plus. According to this writer, he says the best pick for the Panthers was second round tackle Greg Little out of Mississippi, who actually played high school football with Kyler Murray and actually had been training these last few months with his old buddy. And the Panthers pick up a B-plus rating. Chicago, they really didn't even have a draft pick until well into the draft. The Bears got a C in this survey. The Cincinnati Bengals, a B-minus. The Browns, a C-plus. I guess the Browns are doing plenty heading up to the draft to get all the attention. The boys, that would be the Dallas Cowboys, a B-minus grade. The Broncos, a B-plus grade. Remember, it was in the second round. Denver picked up Mizzou quarterback Drew Locke. The Detroit Lions, do they even still play football in Detroit? Yeah, the Lions got a C. The Green Bay Packers, they got a new football coach, and the Pack comes in with a B grade. The Texans, again, according to this writer, a C-minus, the worst grade in the entire draft, according to CBS Sports. The Colts got a B-minus. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the rise and they got a b plus they got kentucky first round pick josh allen coming from the bluegrass to head to jacksonville the chiefs got a c plus the los angeles chargers a b plus the rams got a b the miami dolphins got a b now i wonder if he's factoring in josh rosen who was traded from the cardinals to miami and he says that he's going to make a big big presence in miami and become the starting quarterback we'll have to see on that one minnesota got a b plus the new england patriots your super bowl champs they're the only ones with an a plus this guy was proud of joe juan williams being picked up by the super bowl champs the new orleans saints got a b minus they got center eric mccoy as the best draft pick according to cbs sports the g-men big blue new york they got a b plus rating Defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence heading to the Meadowlands to be a part of that franchise. The Jets, the other team in the New York, New Jersey area, they got a B plus. This guy's high on defensive tackle Quinnen Williams going to the Jets. The Raiders, a B-. Minus. They got running back Josh Jacobs in the 24th pick of the draft. The Eagles, a B-. Minus. The Steelers, a solid B. The 49ers got a C. The Seahawks picked up a B-. The Bucks of Tampa Bay a C plus. The Tennessee Titans got a C. Now I can understand part of that because they they got a guy to be a part of their team that we're not even sure if he's going to play at all. And that was defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. He, he's going to have to wait most of the season because of a torn ACL, and then he had the other issues prior to him even showing up at Mississippi State. The Redskins got an A. That's big news there along the nation's capital for the Redskins to get that. And that was partially because they got Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins, who lives right there in the nation's capital area, to be maybe their quarterback in waiting. And that's the kind of grading coming from CBS Sports' Pete Prisco, as his 2019 NFL draft grades report is up right now at cbssports.com. All right, more headlines. Texas Tech has agreed to give their basketball coach a six-year extension. Chris Beard, the Georgia native, agreed to this new contract, and it's going to make him one of the highest-paid coaches in all of college basketball. The six-year contract will pay him $4.575 million annually and keeps him under contract in Lubbock through the 2024-25 season, And his salary now is the fourth highest in the country, only behind Kentucky's John Calipari, Duke's Mike Krzyzewski, and Tennessee's Rick Barnes. But Beard has done a phenomenal job with the Red Raiders and being handsomely rewarded in the offseason. The guy that was kind of an interim coach for LSU while they were having coaching issues, Tony Benford has been hired as an assistant men's basketball coach of the Texas Christian University Horned Frogs. And this was after the season where he led LSU in an interim status to the Sweet 16. He did a great job. And I think at one time he had been the head coach at North Texas. Now, Horn Frogs coach Jamie Dixon, who had been at Pitt for a long time, announced his hiring, saying he had known Benford for 30 years. And again, he was the coach of the North, North Texas Eagles for five years, 2012-2017, before going to LSU and being an assistant for Will Wade. LSU reinstated Will Wade two weeks ago, and now Benford's taking off from Baton Rouge and heading to Fort Worth to help out with the Corn Frogs. Now, Vanderbilt, they've got a great coach now leading their college basketball program, Jerry Stackhouse, a, a name that's known throughout basketball for what he did for the UNC Tar Heels as a collegiate player and then what he did in the NBA. And he's keeping the headlines coming for his nashville basketball program his first signee as the commodore's head coach is the son of hall of famer scotty pippen as vanderbilt announced the signing of scotty pippen jr to play for the commodores now that's one heck of a haul there and pippen jr is a six foot one point guard out of sierra canyon high school in california and considered a four-star prospect by espn and now it, look, it looks like, I guess he can't jump straight to the NBA. you got to play at least one s- season in, in college basketball. He's heading to West End to play for the Vanderbilt Commodores. And now Stackhouse is new. He was on the scene in Nashville after Bryce Drew was fired March 22nd after Vanderbilt did not win one single conference game all year. And Stackhouse, who had been working with the Memphis Grizzlies in an assistant role, moves further east on interstate 40 right past jackson all the way to nashville to take over the vanderbilt commodores now how about some college football talk here on this tuesday edition we love our college football can't wait for the the real stuff to start a few months down the road and there's an interesting article up on espn.com college football game to circle now for each top 25 team so if you're a fan of Any of these teams that are currently in the preseason top 25, if you want to even call that, I mean, we had not even got to May yet, but we kind of have a top 25, and I I guess most of this comes off of what happened in the 2018 season. The the opponent, to circle for each top 25 team, let me rattle these off, the Clemson Tigers, no, it's not that first game against Georgia Tech at home. It's September 7th when the Tigers welcome in the 12th man, the Texas A&M Aggies play at Death Valley, and that's according to ESPN, the game to circle. Those same Aggies are also the game to circle for the number two Alabama Crimson Tide team as the Tide rolls to College Station for a game at Kyle Field on October 12th. So A&M, just like they were in 2018, they got some monster matchups coming up in 2019. The Oklahoma Sooners, their big matchup, October 12th, and the game there in Dallas against the Texas Longhorns. So at a, What an awesome game there at the Cotton Bowl that is each and every year. The Georgia Bulldogs, their biggest game to circle is not even an SEC opponent. It's the non-conference game. It's the payback game from a few years ago. The Fighting Irish and Notre Dame come to Athens for a game on September 21st, and that is one worth circling. The game between Ohio State and Michigan State is one to circle. Notre Dame and Georgia, as we told you about, that's Notre Dame's game to circle all year. Texas, their biggest Game to circle is not OU. It's actually their September 7th game against the LSU Tigers as LSU goes to Austin for a huge matchup. Can't wait for that one. The Florida Gators and the Miami Hurricanes get together early. Remember, they moved this game up on the schedule. They play August 24th. These old rivals from years ago, the Canes and the Gators, play in Orlando on August 24th. What a way to get the season started. Michigan's biggest game is Ohio State. Oregon's biggest game, one that's worth circling, is that kind of kickoff game. They're going to have the Ducks, and Auburn will be playing in Arlington on August 31st. A&M's biggest game, according to the guys at ESPN, remember they've got some huge matchups. According to ESPN, the game to circle for Aggie fans is November 23rd when they go to Between the Hedges. They go to visit the Georgia Bulldogs. LSU Just for them, like it was for Texas, Texas is their game to circle. Washington State, which had a resurgence in 2018, thanks to a Mississippi quarterback, Taylor Minshew. The Cougars' big game is against Oregon this year. UCF, yeah, they're ranked number 14 in the latest poll that is out way too early. But UCF, they got a game against Stanford. Wow, what a a matchup there. And I think it's in Orlando syracuse has a game against clemson this year that's september 14th that is one worth circling and hey congrats to syracuse they're number 15 penn state game to circle october 19th against michigan washington the huskies game to circle is september 7th against the cow bears utah at usc on september 20th how about northwestern they're in this top 20 and the wildcats have a game at stanford august 31st kind of kicking things off with a big Matchup between the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Stanford at UCF September 14th. Big matchup, as we said, in Orlando. Congrats to UCF for getting that one scheduled. Wisconsin, they've got Michigan September 21st. The Hawkeyes of Iowa at Iowa State on September 14th. Always fun to see these in-state rivals go after each other, especially since they're not even in the same conference. Auburn, as we mentioned, they've got a game against Oregon in Arlington, Texas at Jerry World. August 31st, and this one is a matchup worth circling for Auburn. Nebraska, golly, I can't believe they're even ranked, but they are in this poll from ESPN. They've got a game at Colorado, old Big 8 opponents getting together, and that one circled for September 7th. And finally, congrats to the Black Knights of the United States Military Academy. They've got a matchup against the Michigan Wolverines on September 7th in the Big House, and that one circled as one of your games to follow for 2019. That again, pinned on ESPN.com. Check it out if you if you want a good read. NASCAR this weekend to start off May they'll be in Dover at the International Speedway. There, it's the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at Dover. After this weekend, NASCAR heads to Kansas for the race at Kansas motor speedway this weekend you got the running of the kentucky derby kentucky derby it's the 145th running of the most iconic event in horse racing clark shelton will be on thursday to tell you all about this year's race will we have the potential for another triple count triple crown winner well clark will tell us about it when he will get his odds when thursday rolls around and he comes on for a full kentucky derby preview Let's look at the Major League Baseball standings, American League. Hey, how about our Tampa Bay Rays from right here in the south? They are the leaders of the AL East by one game, as Tampa Bay is 18-9, and nine, the New York Yankees 17-11. and 11. Minnesota is leading the Central Division of the American League, and right now Houston and Seattle are slugging it out to be the leaders in the AL West. In the National League East, the Phillies have a couple of games lead over the Mets and Braves, The Phil's are 16 and 12, thanks to Bryce Harper. The Mets are 14 and 13. Braves are under par. They're 13 and 14 right now. The Nats are 12 and 14 and the poor old Miami Marlins are 8 and 20. In the NL Central, the Cardinals have a three game lead in that division at 17 and 10. The Cubbies are 14 and 12. Brewers are right behind them at 15 and 14 with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati flanking them behind. And then in the NL West, the Dodgers have a couple of game lead over the San Diego Padres and that's a quick look at Major League Baseball info on this Tuesday edition of the y'all show now let's talk a little tennis if you don't mind we don't talk about that all that often and I was looking at the latest men's tennis ATP rankings and the top American in the world right now in the sport of tennis is John Isner he is number nine in the world number one is Novak Jivak and Rafael Nadal is number two in tennis Roger Federer is number four currently and these rankings they kind of go up and down based on the tournaments they participate in but john isner number nine now do you know anything about john he was born in greensboro north carolina he played college tennis at the university of georgia and his prize money thus far is approaching 18 million dollars and again he's in the top 10 of tennis throughout the world so there's a name to kind of watch out for if you don't watch tennis that much Here's a guy to root for, John, I-S-N-E-R, John Isner. Now, who is the top female tennis player in the world? Well, that would be, at least from the South, it would be Sloane Stevens, who was born in Florida. Her hometown is Plantation, Florida, and she's 26 years old, and right now, she is doing great on the women's circuit. Sloane Stevens. Right now, she is the top American in the WTA women's tennis rankings, and she's number eight. The... Japanese tennis player who won a couple of big tournaments last year. Naomi Osaka is number one in the country and Sloan Stevens checks in at number eight. Following behind her is Serena Williams at 11 in women's tennis. Great job there for this tennis right-hander from Florida, Sloan Stevens. Now here's the big news on Sloan Stevens. She is going to get married. She just got engaged to Josie Altador. And that name may sound familiar as he's a soccer player for Toronto FC and he's a member of the U.S. men's national soccer team. And Sloan Stevens is officially engaged at 26 years old and they have put their announcement out on social media. Great job. This is breaking news on the Y'all Show. Tennis player Sloan Stevens and soccer fella Josie Altador. Great job for the two of these Americans and sports stars getting engaged. They first started dating three years ago, 2016, and they've known each other since childhood. Isn't that a love story worth repeating here on the Y'all Show? <laughs> and uh, I see a picture of the two of them on social media of them snuggling up to one of her new trophies from playing tennis. That's one thing about tennis. They get those really nice trophies. I don't think they get too many trophies in the sport of soccer, and maybe he needs to switch over. So that that's great news for Sloan Stevens. Way to go. I wonder if the wedding's going to be in Florida. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we will have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hearmans. He'll be our special guest. We're going to talk about barbecuing Jewish style. Yes, we love our Jewish food, and we'll celebrate that. as Passover just wrapped up over the past weekend. We've got a spotlight on that. Plus, he's going to tell us about brine. What the heck does that really mean? embarrassed us going to tell us as the y'all show kind of winds down this hour stay with us
2: Mother's Day is next Sunday, and ProFlowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. With fresh flowers, express delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, ProFlowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com secret code
3: 6262. And now a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. John firing up his Coleman grill. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall took on the radio. You know, we just catching a catchy little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing.
0: Checking back in to the y'all show as we continue on with the second hour of our Tuesday edition. And this is where we bring on the barrister of bodacious barbecue to the fun. Matt Hermans is joining us now. And Matt, hello. Happy after Passover. And there's a reason I'm telling you that.
5: Well, happy after Passover to you.
0: Uh, Mr. Passover Robert. just ended this past weekend. And while we're on that subject, of course, we'd certainly want to keep in mind what happened in San Diego over the weekend with another, in this case, synagogue shooting. What in the world has happened to people across the world? We we had the awful thing in Sri Lanka just the Sunday before Easter Sunday, and people have lost their cockamine minds.
5: Yeah, I think it's uh, probably a good way to sum up the state of the planet.
0: Yeah i don't i don't know it's i mean as i've said here before killing is just a really dumb thing unless you're at a war i understand why people kill in war it's either kill or be be killed
5: you're required Yeah, kind gonna require it in that situation yeah you know? but
0: other than that uh i guess i guess some some faiths out there don't know anything about thou shall not kill but uh, unfortunately that's happened and we certainly want to keep our friends in california there at that synagogue in our thoughts and prayers and matt on the subject of jews and passover just coming to an end of course we've talked about easter cooking the other day with you and although you didn't necessarily spend all day easter grilling out you did have you some good q and other things that you find at a barbecue restaurant so you should be you should be saluted for that but it had me thinking here in the south we have a jewish population i would say probably one or two percent total of our entire southern population or trace their heritage to you know their faith is they're jewish and in that spirit passover actually extended all last week and it ended over the weekend and i thought you know jews they they cook and i'm not jewish and you're not jewish but we want to kind of talk a little bit about the jewish food because honestly some of it has kind of adapted to non-jews the let's say gentiles of the world matt in terms of jewish cooking jewish grilling of course they do things maybe a little bit unusual for the non-jews out there with uh, kosher cooking and all that that's a part of their food tell me what you found out when it comes to grilling and, and barbecuing or however they do things
5: Well, I cannot uh, certainly cannot be uh, claimed to be an expert in the ways of uh, you know Jewish cooking or food ways, and uh, but what I do know is very very interesting uh, about uh, kind of some of the popular meats. Uh, So we all know, and you know, they're not uh, at least in my neck of the woods. It's not not something that's terribly common, but there's certainly such thing as a Jewish deli, and it. uh, you think of New York and uh, New Jersey and, and Brooklyn and that that area of the country. But now the interesting thing about uh, some of those deli meats, particularly pastrami, is something that I I did a little, uh, I looked into. Uh, and it's a brisket, basically, uh, but it is um, uh, it is brined and smoked. So essentially, and they use different types of wood. It's not necessarily a hickory or a pecan or something like that we'd use in the South. The key to pastrami, which basically takes it from a brisket to what it is is uh is the brine and the uh, the seasoning in the brine so there's all kinds of different spices there's coriander and, and black pepper and sometimes caraway seeds and things like that where you get that kind of particular pastrami flavor um, it's also like i said when i say brine i guess i should explain that uh, it is soaked in a salty bath of herbs and seasonings and spices for a lot of times many many days and then smoked and coated with uh, in the south we'd call it a rub but it's it's kind of an herbal mixture that that you think of when you think of pastrami of that crust on the outside of it and then it's usually smoked um, for a long period of time and it turns out it's a completely different type of meat it's not what we think about as a, a smoked barbecue brisket but it is a smoked piece of meat uh, that's brined and I thought that was interesting because you're looking for kind of the same texture and a pastrami uh, as you are in a brisket you want it to be tender uh, you know fat you want it to be rendered out nicely uh, but yeah so so that is certainly something that's kind of a staple of what you'd consider a Jewish deli also corned beef is uh, something you know that's not necessarily particularly Jewish but that's something that uh, you also get at these types of delis and that again is a is a piece of beef that's when it's called corned, it really has anything to do with corn. Um, it has to do with the brining process or uh, it's, again, it's uh, it takes a bath in salt and other seasonings for a long period of time. It changes the texture. It changes the flavor. It changes the consistency. It does a lot of things to it when you brine it. So I thought those two things are very interesting. And brisket itself has been, uh, that's kind of a staple of, uh, at least again, from coming from someone who was, not Jewish, just from the outside. That is something that you think of as kind of a staple of, of that style of cooking. Brisket, you know, not necessarily smoked, but, you know, cooked in an oven or roasted with veggies and, and other things like that. So there's there's some uh, kind of interesting analogies uh, there between uh, smoked meats and, and different cultures.
0: Right. Well, well, of course, one reason I bring this up is because one thing that here on the Barbecue Report with Matt Heerman is you love to talk, about cooking a pig <laughs> and yes i do I love the pig. there's something called the jewish dietary laws the Kashrut. i think is how it's pronounced there's also islamic dietary laws uh, we won't yes. get into that today but this all goes back to the torah where you go to the book of leviticus a little leviticus 11 3 any animal that has a cloven hoof that is completely split into double hooves and which brings up its cud that one you may eat. Its cud that one you may eat. Okay. I guess that, that was given permission. <laughs> okay. All right. Leviticus 11, 7 and 8. And the pig, because it has a cloven hoof that is completely split but will not regurgitate its cud, it is unclean for you. Let me repeat that, Matt. It is unclean for you. You shall not eat of their flesh, and you shall not touch their carcasses. They are unclean for you.
5: Yeah. Well, not unclean for me, but that's, I understand <laughs> that. And, and that's uh, that's why we're not talking about the pig so much today, since yeah. we're on that particular side right, well, let
0: me, Let me go to Deuteronomy. How about me quoting all these biblical verses for you here? Deuteronomy 14, <laughs> 8. And the pig, because it has a split hoof, but does not chew the cut. It is unclean for you. You shall neither eat of the flesh nor touch their carcass. Don't even touch it. That's according to Mm -hmm. the book, the good book, of which most Jews follow that book, and Christians, because of what happened in the New Testament, they essentially don't follow this old-school way of thinking, I guess you could say. Correct. Correct. So, So knowing all that, then how do Jews enjoy... The barbecue without the pig.
5: Well, I guess what that means is, uh, you know, kind of the Texas style brisket is, is the strike zone there. Okay. Uh, there is such thing as a, is a beef rib. Uh, not even in, even in Texas, it's not very common, but they are some places specialize in that. And it is a big kind of what you'd think if you imagine uh, the old Flintstones when they when they put the the giant piece of dinosaur rib on the side of the <laughs> a car and it falls over that's kind of what a beef rib looks like so um, that certainly would be part of the the uh, the acceptable cloven hoof cud chewing beast right there and then uh, of course brisket and then I guess heck if you're in uh, Western Kentucky you can certainly eat the sheep I think that would fall in the the yeah. okay you could eat the mutton right I think yeah. that would fall into the to the deal but yeah no 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 you can't have the pig and uh you know it works out great because that leaves more pig you know for the rest of us to eat it
0: yeah well again
5: jack sprat right jack sprat can't have the fat and the wife could eat no lean and they both made it work so see it all works out
0: yeah yeah but well again there's something i found online called the asbee world kosher barbecue championship should we sign sign you up for that
5: I mean, I you know, hey, I support it, um, but man, I love the pig too much. Yeah. I can't, I cannot even, I cannot even pretend like I could give up the pig. I just can't do it, man.
0: Yeah. Well, I should do sign you, you up hey, for that. You know where this goes on? Where the World's Kosher Barbecue Competition and Festival? It's in Memphis, Tennessee.
5: Oh wow! Well, but, shoot, that's ground zero for the for the. The regular barbecue put on by the
0: beth lmf congregation there on east yates road in memphis so you know i guess they live in memphis they're tired of hearing so much about memphis and may and barbecuing they want to <laughs> do their own thing and it's the asbee world kosher barbecue competition matt i expect oh, really? you to be enrolled in that next year
5: hey i'd give it a go i'd give it a go
0: matt one thing not barbecue related but i want to ask you because i had never heard of this until a jewish friend of mine mentioned one time hey i'm gonna go have matzo balls and that is a jewish delicacy that's often observed around passover which we just went through and have you ever had matzo balls
5: you know i think i think so i think it's um mm, if i have been a very isn't it like a Kind of a specific kind of dumpling. Yeah, it's maybe. a dumpling
0: made from a mixture of matza, meal, beaten eggs, water, mm-hmm. fat, margarine, and it's also, in some cases, Oven. has chicken fat. It's traditionally served in chicken soup and our staple food of the Jewish holiday of Passover.
5: Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I think, for some reason, I think I might have, at some point in my life, had that, but I, I kind of have an idea what it looks like.
0: Yeah. So. Well, again, here in the South, which we don't have... Tons and tons and tons of Jewish residents, but we do have them, and especially the older towns of the South, who they've been a presence here a long time. Within their culture, they eat this kind of stuff, but unless you're lucky enough to show up at one of their houses or go to one of their events, maybe at the synagogue, you're not going to have this food. And I bet you it's darn good, whatever you're going to have. I bet the kind of barbecue we're talking about here is darn good. And yeah. you know, unless you go there, you're not going to have it.
5: That's right. Hey, Central Texas Barbecues kosher. There
0: yeah. you go. Yeah, there you have it. So that's a little talk about Jewish barbecue. And again, go to that website for the Kosher Barbecue Festival, bbq.com and that is in Memphis. And it's going to be this year, September 15th, is the World Kosher Barbecue Competition in Memphis. Matt, I'll see you there. We're not done with Matt. When we come back, we'll continue talking barbecue and more. Stay tuned as we wrap up this Tuesday, y'all.
2: Imagine a mouthwash that whitens your teeth in just four days. Your party's this weekend. I'm so excited. New Act Whitening Mouthwash. Imagine strengthening your enamel. I'll take one of those brownies with extra pecans, please imagine safely removing stains every day
5: coffee ladies
2: i'll have an espresso imagine having a brighter whiter smile in four days new act whitening party time i'm ready stop imagining start acting uses directed i can't believe it
3: that philip brought his little brother on our mission into orbit
4: how long until we get there? How long until we get there? How long until we get there? No, I
2: can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico.
4: What's this button do? What's this button do? What's this button do? What's this button do? No, 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 Don't no. touch that!
3: Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
4: in the paper and to see you've married good and to know that
0: he can give you all the things I never could We are back. It's the final segment of this Tuesday edition of the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern accent. We're rolling on with our barbecue talk we have the barrister of bodacious barbecue matt Herman's here for this final segment and matt <laughs> you're looking mighty brine
5: <laughs> i'll take i don't know how to take that but I'll, I'll let it i'll let it hang there how about that
0: well make sure you heard me right i said brine b-r-i-n-e what the heck is that and tell me what brining is
5: yeah perfect little uh we mentioned it earlier when we talked about pastrami it's a great thing to talk about so uh, a brine, pretty simple, it is a, uh, well, put it to you this way. People know what a marinade is. Right? Everybody knows what a marinade is. It's something liquid. It could be a, a sauce. It could be a mixture of sauces. It could, be, it could be any number of things. And the point of a marinade is to uh, get flavor into meat before you grill it or smoke it or whatever you want to do with it. So a brine... Is technically I guess it's a form of a marinade but the key to a brine is that it's very salty and it is primarily salt and water or or it's a uh, uh, it's salt that has been dissolved into water completely and the reason it's uh, you know it's called a briny, you know, it's kind of uh, you think of like the briny blue sea the briny ocean people use the word briny as far as something that connotes uh, saltiness but a brine is basically different than a marinade in that it's the basis of it is water and a, a large amount of salt. And the reason it's different is because when you put meat into uh, a marinade, which doesn't necessarily have to be water based and it doesn't necessarily have to be extremely salty either, but uh, it will kind of exchange some flavor and it will kind of get into the skin and into the meat. When you use a brine, there's a chemical process that goes, that takes place. So when the outside uh, when the water and the salt mixture surrounding meat is significantly saltier than the meat itself, and meat, shoot, um, every every animal has a has a lot of salt in there in the meat of it. Uh, but when it's significantly saltier around the outside, it will exchange some of that salt and some of that liquid inside the meat for the salty brine that is on the outside, so it goes into the meat differently and better and deep and, and more deeply. So it will essentially salt the middle of your meat. What it also does is create a different texture. So when you exchange kind of the natural juices that are in, uh, for instance, a turkey breast or a chicken with the uh, flavored um, salty brine, it creates a completely different, well, a completely different, it, it creates a different texture of meat when you cook it. So you can tell uh, the texture of a brined, for instance, chicken breast versus a non-brined or a marinated chicken breast. It's very different. And uh, and once you try a brine, you'll understand that. It's just it creates a different uh, texture to it. And it also salts and flavors the inside of the meat. Not necessarily like a marinade because a marinade can be kind of complex, but um, just kind of a salty basis. Now, some people add beer to their brine some people add seasonings to the brine some people will cook the brine let it cool and then uh, uh, then uh, put it on ice and then stick their chickens or turkeys or whatever into it there's different ways to get different type of flavors in there but primarily a brine is very salty water uh that exchanges and and seeps uh, into the meat and creates a different texture that's what a brine is
0: all right and again we kind of started talking about this in our segment before we were talking about right. jewish barbecuing and that's something that you can do there in fact evidently brining is something that's a part of something you can do when you make locks l-o-x
5: oh uh, yeah with uh that's right It kind of um exactly so that's just uh smoked salmon exactly uh Locked so yeah it, uh oh go ahead john
0: a lot of people have locks i think for breakfast don't they
5: i think so yeah again that's not something that i've eaten a whole lot of but i believe <laughs> i believe i believe that it is smoked salmon on a bagel is what i believe that's what it is so okay. i'm pretty sure about that right. not 100 but i'm but pretty sure
0: it, it follows the whole brining process evidently
5: yeah the, it does so yeah anything uh when you add salt to even fish it creates kind of a similar um it does a similar thing. It draws moisture out of the meat, changes the texture of it, and replaces it with salt, um, which does something very, very specific. So most of the time when you brine something, you're getting ready to uh, smoke some meat and make some barbecue. Most of the time people will brine birds. So turkey, chicken, even quail, dove. Um, it just it happens to work very, very good with, with uh, poultry, I guess, is one way to, to look at it. Um Most people won't brine pork, although I'm not sure you – I guess you could. I've never tried it, but most of the time when people brine meat, it is a uh, poultry-type
0: animal. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question. So we're talking about brine, and brine essentially is salt on top of this type of meat. What about something that looks just like salt, but it ain't salt? It's sugar. Do people put sugar on meat?
5: Absolutely. Yeah. In fact – in fact a lot of brines uh people will add sugar to the brine cuz the thought process is when that salt when it when the salt draws the moisture out of the meat and then the brine starts going into the meat kind of an exchange that it'll take along other seasonings it'll take along other flavors a lot of people like to balance salt out with sugar um also yeah most rubs uh, m- almost all rubs not not all rubs but uh you know 80 to 90% of any type of barbecue rub you're going to use unless uh, you're talking central texas uh, dalmatian white and black which is white salt and black pepper it's going to have quite a bit of sugar in it uh, you know varying degrees everybody's got a different rub every barbecue joint has a different rub but yeah 90 percent of them are going to have a decent amount of sugar or some of them will have a lot of sugar okay um, because that's kind of a flavor profile that people like with barbecue
0: well i knew that of course, sugar was added in sauces, but I wasn't sure about in the early stage of cooking. Mm-hmm. If, if, if having sugar is part of the meat at the early stage, it might destroy the meat. That's what I was hoping you were going to tell me didn't, oh, didn't happen. No. <laughs> nope,
5: nope. Most most rubs are going to have quite a bit of sugar, white sugar, brown sugar. Is, is there some
0: kind of household ingredient that normally would work, but when it comes to grilling or something that when you go out there, you, don't, you do not want to put this on your meat because it's going to destroy things? like pe- yeah pepper is so pepper would- something <laughs> put people put on in the early process
5: yeah uh well pepper is you know pepper can be overwhelming pepper can be uh you know make you sneeze pepper can be spicy in its own way so that's something you'd be careful with what i would say is there is a so when you We've talked about making rubs, and I'm sure we'll probably – or we talk about making sauces. We'll probably talk about making your own rub here at some point in the future. No, we're we're not going to do that. Okay. Well, if you were inclined to do so, (laughs) uh, what you would – you would be very, very careful to – you don't want to get too heavy on the, like, on the powdery spices. For instance, um, Memphis dry rub is a rub that is applied after the meat is cooked. We have talked about that before. Most people, you would not want, and, and, and it's very heavy in paprika. It's heavy in coriander. There's some other ingredients there, but it is very uh, spice heavy, and it's very red and it's kind of powdery. This is not something you would we would want to that type of rub. It's not something you'd necessarily want to put on your meat ahead of time because it's so heavy in the in the powdered spices that it can burn. It can get crusty. It can get bitter. Uh, if you imagine just burning up some seasoning in a pan, um, it doesn't, doesn't, in other words, it doesn't have an effect. It doesn't melt into the meat like a salt. It doesn't melt into meat like sugar. So that particular kind of rub, the Memphis finishing rub, for instance, if you were going to make that, do not put, yeah, you would not put that on something ahead of time unless you want to burn up all that powdered spice and make your, your meat, um, bitter. So, uh, be careful with that. You always, If you're going to use a rub or a burger seasoning or a, uh, a chicken seasoning or any type of seasoning you're going to put and cook, cook uh, with high heat, you want to make sure it's heavy on salt or heavy on sugar or heavy on both. You want to add other spices, but it's got to be primarily salt or sugar. Otherwise, you're going to have a weird, strange coating that's just kind of burned up powdered seasoning.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you about this last ingredient here because, I, 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 you know, you may laugh hysterically when I bring this up. But, hey, I've got to ask the question because knowing you, barbecue barrister, you're going to tell me, hey, that's a perfect thing for this. And, <laughs> and the word is baking soda.
5: I was going to – when you, before you said that, I was planning on just laughing hysterically just to do it. But I couldn't – I was actually surprised that I couldn't – I can't do it. Okay. um you surprised me you got me you got me speechless you got my is, mouth open. is
0: baking soda the reason i bring it up is that something that's used in any process in the in the no. cooking no okay
5: <laughs> unless look there may be somebody out here who is you know i may have a, a master's degree in barbecue somebody out there with the, with a phd who's who's tried this i've never heard of that in my life okay
0: uh, it, it may not imagine. be, but good lord, if you know anything about baking soda, people use it in the refrigerator. Yeah. They use it in oh, yeah. cleaning yeah. stuff. I mean, it's got a million uses. And oh, I had to pull this out of you. I thought there might be a chance, yeah. but it's used in grilling. Uh, do not get it.
5: I would say do not get it anywhere near your meat.
0: All right, there we have yeah. it. There's our first yeah. thing that some people, record, be, for the record, yeah, that it might be using in their process that we need to help them out before Avoid. they destroy the meat
5: yes a mort
0: <laughs> Matt, you are going back to our first segment you are quite a minch and i appreciate you taking the time <laughs> to join good, us here man. on today's y'all show with your incredible knowledge
5: yeah i think that's uh i think that means something good right Yeah, so, yeah you're
0: a good guy a smart know, a smart guy too
5: i'll take it okay uh, sounds great you too john the barbecue minch right, right,
0: the barbecue minch it's a person of integrity and honor okay oof so, I like it. And and you are definitely that. Well, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Can't wait. All right. And that will conclude our y'all today. Thank you all for listening. We'll be right back here with an exciting Wednesday edition. We'll talk ACC sports with Jonathan Lifite and Precious Harris. She's going to have the report from Nashville post-NFL draft. And hopefully she made it through a very crazed weekend in Music City. We'll have all that tomorrow, so don't miss it.
2: Mother's Day is next Sunday, and ProFlowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. With fresh flowers, express delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next summer. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com, secret code 6262.
3: And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system?
2: Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier. Had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this.
3: Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper.
2: Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help?
3: There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com.